Pressure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I brought all my Bibles. <laughs> so I'll just open it at the places that I'm going. I'm going to read between the two. I found, um, you know, the Lord's taken me to a psalm a while back, and I just felt to read this in the Passion Translation as well, and I thought, some of it says it in such a way, as I, as I was reading through the spiritual um, version, I just felt, but this is what he's saying, and actually the passion is a little bit more how we speak, so I thought, well, that will relate a little bit more better. So, yes, yeah, so this has been quite a season so far, and it's looking that it's just going to increase. I don't know about you, but we all feel and sense that something is building in the spirit there's definitely build up to something and after i had to, i think it was just slightly before i had the dream in the pharaoh islands that i shared on the previous occasion the lord laid a couple of things on my heart over a period of time just igniting something within me and one of the things that he said to me was isabel you need to begin to reinforce the foundation of faith in your life because I'm going to take you into a season uh, where you're going to have to faith to walk it out. Now whenever the Lord has spoken to me in that sense, I've never just taken it as for me personally, an aspect of it is, but I've always felt that he was speaking to me as he's speaking to his body, as a representative of the body of Christ. So we have sort of begun to minister on that in our own personal meetings when we've had opportunity to encourage and look, begin to spend time with the Lord. Intimacy is something the Lord over the last two years, it doesn't matter who I have been connected with or what prayer groups got together, that was the one thing that the Lord kept on bringing out through and by the intercessors is intimacy. Intimacy, the prayer closet and intimacy is actually preeminent in this season. So that is something God has called his bride into and his church into in the season because he is putting things within us. He's bringing revelation. He's building things within our spirit because he's preparing the people just as in the time with Gideon with his army where he was separating and, you know, cutting back numbers and cutting back numbers and cutting back numbers. We're almost seeing it now that, you know, there's a cutting back and a cutting back and a cutting back and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but it's God doing that. So we can be assured in that. And even that sort of the headings of the Psalms in itself is a message um, within itself. Another thing he said to me, just be a part of the building of, you know, the foundation of faith in your spirit. He took me, I was reading through Matthews where he was speaking to Peter. I'll just read that portion quickly. And it was just where he spoke to Peter and he said to these disciples, so who do you say that I am? And then Simon piped up and said, you are, you know, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, well, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he carried on to say to him, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. So I carried reading on through this just in my own quiet time. And then I got to 20, verse 23, where, he says, where Peter then said, he started teaching and telling them that he was going to have to go to the cross to die for mankind. And Peter like, no, far be it from you that that should happen. So as much revelation he had in one sense, you know, he suddenly just 
saw something again from a different perspective. And the Lord said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And as I read that, the Spirit of God piped up that last portion. He said to me, Isabel, you have to come into a season where you're going to have to be mindful of the things of God and not so much the things of man. And we can literally see it. We are bombarded on a daily basis with things happening, new things that they're inventing, more evil and more wicked schemes. It's like mind-boggling. How can people still come up with even more perverse things than they, what they're coming up with? They are. And I felt the Lord say, it's so important that we also understand where God is in this season. Where's, what's God up to in this season? We can see all the evil in the darkness, but it's so important as his children that we know what he is up to. But that is our strength. That is our hope. So I went before the Lord in a time of prayer and I said, Father, we are praying against this agenda. We're praying against that agenda. We are calling for the light to come and to be illuminated, the darkness to be illuminated, for people to be held accountable, for their schemes and their plots and whatever to be overturned and to fail and to be actually even exposed even more. Bring it up right by its root. Pull it up by its very root. Don't even let it be a tittle in the ground leftward to spring forth again. I said, so where are you at? Because we saw people beginning to be quite despondent, full of despair, losing hope. So many of our brothers and sisters became disillusioned with where is God? Why is he allowing all these things? And there is a sense of that still. You know, it's like they just don't know. So I went before the Lord and then I was reading through the Psalms the one day. And he took me through to Psalms 10. So that's what I'm going to read now. Just get there quickly. Psalms 10. Psalms 10. And it started off with, Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in a time of trouble? And this is literally what people were sort of saying, Where is God? Where's the church? The church is locked up. The pastors are not saying anything. Nobody's saying anything. We're just all submitting and adhering. So it's like, Lord, where are you in this situation? And he took me to the psalm, and then it went to verse 2, and I'm going to read this now from the Passion Translation. We said, you've hidden yourself when I needed you most. That's what it says in the psalm about where are you? Why are you so far away? Verse 2, the arrogant in the elitist pride persecute the poor and the helpless. May you pour out upon them the very evil that they are planning against others. How they brag and boast of their cravings, exalting the greedy. They congratulate themselves as they despise you. These arrogant ones, so smug and secure, in their delusion, the wicked boast, saying, God does not care about what we do. There's nothing to worry about. And we have actually seen it from our leaders in our nations, the arrogance by which they can do things and the fact that there's no accountability and, you know, they will deal with it. You know, just accept it. There's nothing to worry about. Our wealth will last for a lifetime. So seemingly successful are they in their schemes, prosperous in all their plans and scoffing at any restraint. Yet at all times they are unaware of his anger. The one thing that the elitists that are running our nation and nations have not even given one little thought is God. They have got no consideration for the Lord God or where he is at 
or how he feels about this or what he has to say about this. They have not perceived his anger. And his anger is building towards them. Not understanding that the day of judgment is ahead. The exalted God they deny will soon declare their doom. They boast that neither God nor men will bring them down. They sneer at all the enemies saying in their hearts, We'll have success in all we do and never have to face trouble. Never realizing that they are speaking this in vain. Their mouths spout out cursing, lies and threats. Only trouble and turmoil come from all their plans. Like beasts lurking in the shadows of the city, they crouch silently in ambush for the people to pass by. Pouncing on the poor, they catch them in their snare. They murder their prey in secret. And we know that. We see the, the murdering of the innocent, the baby in the wound, the sacrifices of children that they are doing globally around the world. We are becoming more and more aware of these things that they are doing when they gather. They plunder their victims, presuming them all as inferior. They crush the lowly as they fall beneath their brutal blows, watching the victims collapse and defeat. Then they say to themselves, the lofty one is not watching while we do this. He doesn't even care. We can get away with it. Now is the time to arise. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? For he has said in his heart, you will not require an account. Verse 14. But you have seen, for you have observed trouble and grief, to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. In my Bible at the bottom, there's like a little... Um, explanation of some of the verses. So my verse 14 says the hand. There are times when the wicked cannot be restrained by the righteous in society. And then our trust and our hope comes to, to the Lord God to bring ultimate justice. So what the Lord was speaking to me when I was reading through the psalm is he said, Isabel, I am going to bring my justice. And when I bring it, you do not speak against it. So I thought, okay, that is a you know, you say it like that, Lord, so what does that mean not to speak against it? And I thought, well, it could mean that we have not seen what is coming. So we're going to have to have discernment. God, is this you? God, is this not you? So if we don't go again and pray something against, and it's, made, it's God actually doing and acting, you know, performing and watching over his word, because he is going to bring justice. We are in a season where people are just amounting and amounting their sin and amounting their evil and they're not thinking. But that is also bring, there is that build up in the spirit. And God is not going to tolerate them and their plots and their schemes indefinitely. The time for them is beginning to run very, very thin, if I could put it like that. And I'll just finish up with the last portion in Psalm 10 where he says, Break the power of the wicked and all their strong arm tactics. Search them out and destroy them for the evil things they have done. You, Lord, are the king forever and ever. You will see to it that all the nations perish from their land. Lord, you know and understand all the hopes of the humble and will bring their cries and their comfort and you will comfort their hearts, helping them all. The orphan and the oppressed will be terrified no longer for you will bring them justice. No one will trouble them. The last one is says to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth, mortal man, can no longer oppress. And don't we see an oppression now? It's unprecedented, the oppression of people. Just yesterday, someone came into the branch again. She, she wore a mask, which was absolutely fine, but she was complaining about wearing the mask. 
um, and she was talking about a few other things, but then she was actually building herself up, getting anxious because she's so beside herself for actually having to be outside, having to go somewhere, to go and buy groceries, to go and buy food, and to, to come into the branch. She feels safe with the mask on. And if you look at that and think, Lord, we are seeing people come in day after day that is bound, so bound by fear. Another lady came to my desk yesterday. She was so out of breath, she could not literally breathe. And I said to her, do you want to take your mask off and just see if you can get a better airflow? It will help you just to get some oxygen. So she took the mask off and very quickly she started to breathe normally. That she started, because she couldn't, she was literally <gasps> standing like that in front of me. And I thought, my goodness. Just take it or get some air because there's a shield between us, you know, just I'll step back a bit if you're a bit weary. So she did that and she calmed down and she started breathing and she was able to do what she needed to do. But we're seeing people more and more bound, bound, bound by fear. There is a fear over our, our land that we need to deal with. I really believe I have had a vision where God, one day in a time of prayer, I became undone in a sense because the goodness of God were manifesting and I said Lord they don't know your goodness they don't know how much you love them they don't know how much you care for them and then I saw the face of God in the image I saw turn and there was the earth globe like that and as he turned he breathed and it began to cover the face of the earth. And I saw the breath of God that were carrying life and healing begin to blow over people. And as that happened, people began to awaken in a sense. And I do believe we're going to see that. I believe God is going to do things. He's going to act. He's going to act and we're going to see the acts of God. Just as Moses knew the ways of the Lord and the Israelites knew the acts of God, I believe we're coming up into a season now. We, we as his church, is ecclesia. In, as you spend time with him, it's important that we understand the ways of God, that we have that intimate connect, that we can hear what he's saying to us. But I believe the people out in the world, they are going to see and experience the acts of God. That is coming. I really do believe that. So I said to the Lord, so where's the church at? So that's what I felt God was saying that he is where he is at. He is setting up and he's preparing a people. Because he is getting ready. He is going to bring justice. He is going to hold people to an account. They are not going to wait for the afterlife before the great judgment seat. I believe we are going to see in our lifetime, God begin to deal with people on this, in this lifetime on this earth in the flesh. So um, he took me to Psalm 102 as well, just part of the body. And I said, Lord, where is the church? What is the church? Well, we know the church is the vehicle that God is going to use in these days to make himself known to the principalities and the power and the evil spirits and whatever in heavenly places. The church, he's not coming on a rescue mission. I believe he's coming for a glorious bride. I believe he's going to come back for a bride that is on fire, that is full of the Holy Ghost, that's walking in the power of God. I don't believe he's coming on a rescue mission that we're all just waiting for him to come and to, to save us out of this. I don't believe that is what God is doing. That is not the sense I get when he speaks to me in his word. He's getting a people ready that's going to stand, that's going to be so bold, that's going to be full of the Holy Ghost and the power of God, that's going to move like they did in the book of Acts. So Psalm 102, it said here, if we are a praying church and he is preparing a praying church for this time. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let, me, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. 
Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. And then when we go down to verse 13, know you are about to arise and to show your tender love to Zion. I believe he's getting ready to show his tender love to his ecclesia, to his bride. Now is the time, Lord, for your compassion and your mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come. The word says here in the spirit filled, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. I believe there are set times and seasons and I believe we are coming into a set time season where God is going to move and nothing and no one is going to stop that. Not even the cabal or the Luciferian cult or anybody. I believe he is sovereign, he's over all, he is above all and he holds time, seasons and everything in the palm of his hand and I really believe he's getting the people ready he's getting well he's just getting us stirred up I can feel like he's a bit but I really do believe he's going to show himself strong again on behalf of his church and you can see that little remnant beginning to stand and to burn in the nations of the world everywhere you turn to you can hear people beginning to say the same thing praying the same thing there's a unifying taking place amongst the body of Christ and it's a global unity that is beginning to take place for your servants weep in sympathy over Zion's ruin and feel love for her every stone. We are the stones that he was talking to Peter about because Peter was the first stone that went into that building. And we are the stones being built up into a holy habitation. And God is going to basically come and abode and abide within that stones. He's going to fill that stone and this body with his very presence. We are being built up in a holy habitation in the spirit for his presence to carry him. When you arise to intervene, all the nations and the kings will be stunned and will fear your awesome name, trembling before your glory. Isn't that a little bit like Isaiah 60? With arise and shine for your light shall come and the kings will come to your light and the, the Gentiles will come. This just says it like that, the kings. <laughs> Yes, when you arise to intervene, when you arise to intervene, Lord, all the nations and the kings will be stunned and will fear your awesome name trembling before your glory. Yes, you will reveal yourself to Zion and appear in the brightness of your glory to restore her and give her children. He, res he responds to the prayer of the poor and the broken, will not despise the cry of the homeless. Write all this down for the coming generation so the born again people will read it and praise the Lord. Let them know, Yah, look down from his high and holy place, gazing from his glory to survey the earth. And he listened to all the groaning as a people, longing to be free. And isn't that what we are crying out in every nation of the earth right now? It's for liberty and freedom. Freedom of religion. Freedom to be able to worship God. Freedom to testify. Freedom to actually share with other people. And isn't that the very thing that they are trying to actually stop and to keep us from doing true liberty? It's when we can truly liber, you know, worship God freely and openly and not according to government law guidances that you can only worship like this you can worship like that that's not scriptural that's not what daniel did he threw his windows open when they said you can't pray to the king or you can't pray to your god but you have to now worship your king and he said he did the same thing as every day he went down and he opened his windows and he prayed he got thrown into the fire, but the Lord was the fourth man in that fire. The Lord will be the fourth man in any fire that they put us in. Because his hand is upon his church in this season. And he is going to be the head over her. And he will sustain and he will keep her. Just before, I'm just going to share this and then I'm done. <laughs> 
have them keep you for hours and hours. Just before the lockdown, last year, March, the last, the very last thing, um, week, the, the very last Sunday night uh, that I was in the church, um, and we were just worshipping and praying, just walking, worshipping, praying, just doing what we do on a Sunday night. And I saw the Lord open the curtain, and I was looking up at him, and he was looking down at me. He had on royal robes. But it was the look in his face that caught my attention. There was a look of intent that I've not seen. And that basically stayed with me. So for weeks and months, I said, Lord, what was that look? You were looking for something. What were you looking for? What were you looking for? So that's kept me going for a while. What were you looking for? Um, I read this and I thought, Lord, finally, <laughs> finally, you showed me what you were looking for. Finally, you showed me. Psalm 14, verse 2. The Lord looks down in love, bending over heaven's balcony, looking over all of Adam's sons and daughters. He's looking to see if there is anyone who is wise and has insight, who are searching for God and wanting to please him. He was looking for a people that were seeking after him, a people that are hungry and thirsty for him, a people that are pursuing him, a people that are prepared to lay down their lives to have him, a people that will not compromise, a people that are burning with his fire. He was looking for his remnant. He was looking for you and he was looking for me. Amen. Amen. So, well, we can stop this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.